table. Now the Eagles to come back again to fall forward. Oh, Barney! Darling tapping. Darling again. Gives it to Ryan. And then Ryan's little kick is a good one to Kennedy. Yes! 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player. What a mark, Bruce. What a mark. And he goes to Your hosts are Wazza, Dan and Wayne. All right, we're the podcast for the fans of the West Coast Eagles, brought to you by Podcast Central as every week. Uh, welcome, Dan. How are you going? Not too bad, mate. Nine derbies in a row now, so how can I not be all right? <laughs> um, Wayne can't be with us because he's in Sydney uh, visiting family and he's probably doing a bit of scouting for his basketball, I think. I think he takes his opportunities. <laughs> um, but he'll be back hopefully next week. Um, let's look forward quickly. The next two games, basically, if we win both, I think you're going to pretty much set top two in... In motion, well, at least top four. Well, I find just even Friday's night game, that's the crucial one mm. because that stops GWS losing is great for us. Um, we beat Collingwood. Suddenly we've got that two-game barrier and that'll affect their percentage and ours because they obviously lose yeah. and we win. Percentage would be quite even then. So it takes even that out of the, out of the you know, category. And the, the teams below, they all sort of play each other. So... It's going to shape the next seven weeks. is going to be very, very interesting. And uh, Eagles, they can probably still drop two and finish top four. I think so. We're on, we're on par with last year, aren't we? And yeah, I think we yeah. dropped two more. The only the one I'm a bit devious about is the Richmond game. But that's the second last game of the year. So anything can happen between now and then. Um, as always, we put some useless stats in at the start of the show um, this week. Despite winning the inside 50s, Fremantle were beaten by West Coast by 91 points, as we know, as they kicked two goals 19. This is the most inaccurate scoring since Richmond kicked two goals 20 in a 62-point loss to Hawthorne back in 1975. So it's 40-odd years ago. And the record is two goals 27 by Fitzroy to Geelong back in 1928. I'm not surprised. They rely too heavily on Fife and Walters. If they're not firing, they're not getting in good positions. They don't have... They've drafted so heavily, no, traded so heavily, and yet they're not getting the rewards for it. They didn't hit the draft, which is really hurting them now. When you're losing in the seconds, which they lost early in the day, the Pill Thunder played um, West Coast, yep. they lost by 40-odd points. And then in the seniors, you know, the Derby, obviously, they got smashed. So it shows they've been down lower than us now for three years. No, actually, it'll be four years because we went further into finals. And yet they don't have the talent underneath pushing like the Eagles do, which is not a good sign. All right. And uh, in that two goals, uh, 19, six points were rushed. But we'll talk more about the Fremantle and Eagles game in the final siren. Question time for you, Dan. So are you ready for these? Love it. Let's go. I don't know if you pre-looked at them. I haven't. I like it better like that. You get more honest answer. All right. Is Nick Nat the reason in the next seven games Eagles can claim a top two spot or even a top four? Is he the sole reason? 
uh, no, not the sole reason. Um, is the cream of the crop, you know, the icing on the cake, so to speak. But we're the reigning premiers, and we did it without Nick Nat. We were in the top four without Nick Nat, but cementing that top two now, I am a lot more confident this time as I was like this time last year. Yep. I'm a lot more confident now than I was then. Yeah, me too. Will Shepard be selected in the All-Australian Top 40 squad and final team? He has to now. Consistency is the word. It's an injustice if he doesn't. Well... That means Victorian selectors or media just don't really take much notice of what's happening. Um, very, very much so. I agree with that 100%. I find you've got all these small, medium defenders have ebbed and flowed through the year. I don't think any has been as consistent as Shepard has. He's just, every game gives it all. I think he was leading the intercept marks in a back line that has Hearn, Gov and Barass in it, yeah. who are known to intercept Mark. I am got an argument with me because I've caught him Mr. Consistent uh, ever since he's been playing at the Eagles. Let's move on to the Gold Coast. Is Stuart's due, Stuart Jew's job in uh, jeopardy after 11 straight losses or is he safe due to being a list that's very average? I would say uh, the latter. I think he's very safe right now. I think they saw a little bit of promise at the beginning of the year with such a bad list. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say he's in jeopardy at all. Well, to expand on that, do the Suns deserve a priority pick or have they been given enough and is bad management bad management? Should they or do they deserve it? Do they deserve it? No. Because as you said, bad management, bad management. Should they get it? I don't want them to, but yes, they should. If they want that club to succeed, they're in all sorts right now. Yeah, I've... And I heard a rumour that two players are best mates that could go pick one and two, and that might help retain them. That's if they get the picks first, two picks, yeah. yes. Um, that's what they did last year with the boys from South Australia. Uh, and the two guys you're talking about, uh, I forgot their names, that escaped me, but they're best mates and they've grown up together. But um, also, quickly, King, that's the young player they picked in, a young power forward would be their twins. One went to St Kilda, yeah. one went to Suns. We haven't yet really seen him. No. So they do have, if they get good two picks now, then bring in some of the picks they had last year, which we haven't seen like their first round from last year. Then suddenly two, three years, you might begin to see something there. Well, I've listened to SEN and David Noble from Brisbane was saying, he was asked a question, would they be would they be angered if they got a priority pick or whatever? And he said no. He said the game needs a flourish in Queensland, otherwise the whole lot up there just doesn't work. If Brisbane's the sole team up there, it doesn't work. Um, but he said they're open to them looking at different ways they can boost team. And it might be putting extra people on the list. Everyone's got 44, they get 48. Yeah. But um, the AFL has to make a decision and a long-term decision and say, you've got five years to do something or we move you or we're just going to put everything into you and it's got to work somehow. You know, Because they're in a worse position than they are now than they were when they started. What do you do with band-aids? You rip them off quick. I don't think they should be there. I think this is designed... They are a year ahead of GWS. Now, to put this in perspective, if GWS win one or two finals this year, they have then won more finals games than I think Frio has in their 25 (laughs) years. And I think that stat is actually correct. One or two, they're only one or two behind Frio in their whole 25 years. That's what they've achieved in eight... 
and Gold Coast has had nine, and their highest finish was 12th. Yeah, well, I've said it all along. Bad management is bad management. Um, is Ben Cunnington lucky to be playing after receiving his fifth fine for the year, and it's $15,500 worth of fines? All right, I was... I thought it was four, and I was livid. And then I heard that it was five. Beepum. I have no idea how he's getting away with this. Yeah. Whatever happened to the three-strike rule? I think they got rid of that because they had to cover five that year. <laughs> but how can you hit someone? And they're cowardly gut punches. He's making a decision he's running by. He's going to belt someone in the chest and keep running. Yeah, well, and he's it, been done five times for it this year. And it confuses me that Vardy has a head clash and gets a week. Yeah, and so, we've lost two for dangerous tackles. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I don't know what's going on there, but that needs to be rectified and done quick because it's just becoming a bit of a farce. All right, now this, I want you to think clearly here. Hmm. You're the next coach in waiting. You have the pick of any club. I might have asked this before in the last podcast a few weeks ago, but you've got the pick out of Carlton, Roos, Saints, Crows, Essendon, Swans or Frio. Which one do you take? Probably take Carlton, to be you honest. take Carlton still? Yeah, uh don't be under illusions because they played so bad for a decade or this century actually they are a strong club financially yeah. you'll get a lot more support um Freo supporters they'll turn on you quick um which is I kind of understand from what they've been yeah. you know had to deal with basically supporting that club so I give them respect there because god they're North Saints, there's no money there. They're struggling clubs. North is going to be in Tasmania in two years. And I'm fat, but I'd still get cold in Tasmania, I'll tell you that much, when they relocate. like. So I'll go Carlton because the money's there and they've got young kids. I thought Carlton was the obvious one, but when I looked at it, I, I would have I would have liked to have done Essendon, but there's a lot of outside noise at Essendon. If you live in Victoria, you hear a lot of it, the Coterie groups. So I'd take Freo. Take I just think... On balance. Mate, get out yeah. of the WA bu- bubble, was no, it? No, no. They've broadened your horizons, no, mate. Leave WA for I, a while. No. I'd want to prove that somebody <laughs> can make something of Frio. <laughs> It'd hurt to take it, but um, I'd probably have to be brainwashed to do it. But uh, You'd have to wear a lot of purple. I'm just saying. I don't think you could rock up in your Eagles gear the first day of coaching. I'd change your colours. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to the finals, Aaron. <laughs> Well, one team was playing dry weather footy and moving the ball with precision. The other was fumbling and slipping and playing what I've heard over 25 years, Frio footy. It was a 91-point thumping to the Eagles over Frio. Uh, Nick Natnui, Brad Shepard, they just come to the front in the wet conditions and Eagles win... By 19 goals, 8, 122 to Fremantle, 2 goals, 19, 31. Um, quickly, Fremantle's only goal scorers were McCarthy and Walters. Yeah. <laughs> and Cameron, 4 kicks, 4 goals. Um, took Fremantle, 202 kicks to kick there, 2 goals. Uh, Cripps, 4, Darling, 4, Hickey, 2. And then we had a host of players on singles. Um 56,000 people at the crowd. I reckon half of them would have been Eagles. Oh, most definitely. I think they're only averaging what, 38, 39,000 uh, a game. Uh, so Eagles would definitely take those seats. Um, and a lot of Freo supporters are actually Eagles supporters. They just love WA footy. They just love their footy. And it sounds ridiculous, but it's cheaper. You yeah. know, so they get that membership because 
everyone knows that are waiting on the list. You can't really... It's hard to get a membership for Eagles. But yeah, it's funny how you mentioned wet weather for footy and made it look dry. Dal Santo said, because he um, was boundary right, yeah. he said it was the best game he's ever seen a team play in the wet weather. Oh. He said we just played like it was dry weather footy. Um, and the best player I saw do it was Maston. Early in that game when it was... He did not fumble. He didn't get as much of the ball as he won, but he didn't fumble the ball. Yeah, he had 25 possessions, so it was one of his best games, I think, for the year. Oh, most definitely. And, um, you know, a lot of people that call for his head all the time because he is one of the most maligned players going around at the They did play him on the wing. Silent. Yeah, they put him on a wing this time. So a lot of people think he plays midfield all the time where he plugs holes in the back line and that. And if he's there to plug holes on the wing, saying he takes a player out wide. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Let's talk about the big men. Now, at the start of the game, you're thinking it's a wet weather. How's the big man going to... In impact on the game. Uh, they had Sandylands and we had Nat Nui. Um, apart from the first bounce, Nat Nui was over Sandylands all the whole game, at t- to the extent that Sandylands basically set out the whole last quarter and sat on a bike. I, I, I believe I said it last week, this could hurt Freire, and it, it did. You know, they played him, and his asset was he was tall. But he can't cover the ground. He doesn't put on pressure like Nick Nat. Nick Nat hasn't lost his leap. He didn't lose it after the first knee Rico, and he didn't lose it after this one. And the, I find, too, it's just what Nick Nat does is amazing, and it's hard to explain. It's his pressure. It's his presence around the ground. Yeah, so he's I've never seen That's it. And you, I, his tap-outs and tap-outs to advantage is so superior to anyone else in the comp. But the one-two between him and Hickey is just – that is amazing. Hickey bobbed up, kicked two goals, and I found he had an awesome game too. And Hickey, in, uh, during the week, he's going, I'm glad he's on the same side as him, not playing against him. So. That's it. And it, it's working perfectly. You know, we had Lysette playing that role last year. Yeah. Um, and Hickey's just slot into that role now, and it's just been brilliant. It's just really gives us the edge, and that's why I'm very confident going into the back half of the year now. We showed you the impact that Nick had because he had... He was on the ground for 52% of the time. So he was basically playing 16 minutes a quarter. And for a player that comes on like that, and you listen to uh, ex-players, and uh, Brennan Goddard said it during the week on his podcast, um, they're just in awe of um, how he plays. And it's how they set up on him, which he said it's almost laughable what they've got to do. They've got to... You know, they're setting themselves up to to for him to win the tap instead of their Ruckman for, to win the tap. That's it. They're just... And that's almost when we're saying pressure too because it's not just them. It's the midfielders around. Yeah. That pressure's there. But as you said, 52% game time, he still had 14 disposals. And he was the leading tap Ruckman on the day where it's like you compare that to Grundy and um, Gorn, they pay about 85 minutes. So if you calculate statistically those numbers, he does get those 20-plus disposals and those 40-hit-out games, but he's just so much more lethal when he does it. Yeah, um, look, he was brilliant. And the person that benefits probably most out of Nick Natanui being back is uh, Luke Shuey. Now, his last pick six games, sorry about that, slip of the tongue, his numbers over that period, he's had 30 disposals per game on average, Nearly seven tackles a game, nearly seven clearances a game, and nearly 14 contested possessions a game. 
Now, he's playing the best football of his life lately. The symmetry between Nick Nat and Shuey, though, for years has just been amazing. Like, Shuey's clearances off a Nick Nat tap is amazing to watch. He either kicks a goal from 50 or he sets plays up, and you see it quite often. Uh, that sly one in the 50 that was just a tap to the back, Shuey just knew where it was going. It's resulted in Shuey's goal. That was beautiful to So watch. he's a star player. He got, you know, we talk about the grand final and how well he played. It was the best ranked statistically game yeah. from anyone basically this century almost. And that was without Nick Nat. Now Nick Nat's back. We all know how much better Shuey plays. I just, yeah, and, and amazing. And player that, um, and this stunned me. Uh, well, it didn't st- st- stun me, but... Andrew Gaff got the ball 35 times. He got booed 35 times. Probably more than Andrew Goods has ever been booed. <laughs> it was a little bit louder at the beginning of that game and than it was the end, though. Quite a, yeah. But what I loved was the Eagles fans at the ground, every time there was a boo, there was a yay. Yeah. And that was, to me, just a bit of a... That was great to hear. Yeah. Um, no one's condoning what Gaff did, and... You know, social media, they bring it up every Western Derby and they're probably still going to keep doing it. No one condones what Gaff did, but at the end of the day, he's moved on. Brayshaw's moved on. I hope the next Frio Derby, they've moved on, but I just can't see them doing it. Let them boo him. <laughs> it's their right. Oh, yeah, just... And he plays so well. Like, yeah, it they, they, they got quiet because they lost their voice, mate. Let him yeah. boo. Yeah. Whenever he gets booed, he dominates. That first game back when Collingwood booed him, and they only booed him because it was Gaff in the first game back, and then Collingwood. He played sensationally that first game as well. He thrives. You boo him, he's still going to get his 30-plus disposals. I was, I was hoping he was going to win the medal. <laughs> so was I. And did you listen to the actual voting? Yeah. The only person not to vote for him, I think, was Lee Spur, the ex-Eagle uh, no, ex Dockers player, which I thought not even a one vote, and it would have been enough to give him the medal. I thought oh, that's a bit sneaky. I was sitting there going, Oh, this is going to be interesting. Not since Chris Charter, we heard a big boo for uh, Glenn Dinning now slash Alan Medal. Um, let's quickly talk about Shep. He won the medal, 25 possessions. He had a 11 or 12 intercepts. Uh, he had about nine marks. He was. He just goes about his business. He's, he's not flair. He just goes and does his um, job and. Like we said at the top of the show, he has to be in All-Australian contention. He has to be, and I think that game's helped getting him on the radar a bit because when they review the game over East, they talk about the game. However, briefly, um, talking footy didn't even mention the game, but when the other shows talk about it, they have to mention who won the medal and who was ranked yeah. best on ground, and it was shit. So it's getting his name out there, and they're having to respond now, and he's just so consistent. Yeah, well, we know how good he is, and it's now it's time for the Vic Media and whoever else to see it. And hopefully this Friday night against Collingwood, he'll probably do, turn it on again. Um, look, young Cameron, um, he loves the football. You can see it. He just loves being out there. He gets a goal. He loves kicking a goal. But Simo's, uh, he didn't directly come out and say it, but he, he thinks, I think he needs to contain it a little bit. Well, that's the Simo as a person, isn't he? He wasn't all flair and celebrating, so to speak. You know, um, I like it though. Um, there's always that line, and I think that was good. You know, he was on the boundary of free or home game. They obviously giving it to him when he had that shot to turn around and you know shush them, them and shush. let let them know. You know, <laughs> that's right. You know, look at the score. Uh, Wayne, he's away. He's sitting there and he's uh, said Liam Rioli, Willie Rioli. I mean Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, James Cripps, Jeremy Cameron. 
will combine for the next cheese as the best small lethal combination in the comp. I can't see them playing for every game, but it's working at the moment. Especially when you chuck Petroselli in, but yep. the way we get suspended for things, things now, you know, they won't all play a game, you know. How many suspends? Four this year for little things that were pathetic? Yeah, I think so. So that's four games missed, you know, injuries. Yeah. But it's good going forward, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, look, he, no one would have thought we would have won by 91 points, especially when JK was a late withdrawal. Um, but we had 10 scoring shots from 13 inside 50s in the second in the second quarter, and that's what set us up to, for the win, I think. Because uh, the first quarter was pretty even. It's a grind, and um, watching the game, I said to my family, I... It's a hard game to almost get a read on. It was very contested. It was um, very hard football. Um, and it was almost slingshot footy too. Mm. So it was rebounding. As soon as I turn over on one forward line, it rebound out. And that was very much um, the footy. But the thing was, Freer couldn't keep that up. And Freer got too much reliance. And I said this, you hear about him talking about, let's sack the coach. Let's do this. That's a joke. Um Three weeks ago, they were saying, oh, look how good we are. Lions doing really good. Yep. And it's so quickly how it can turn. Um, but for me, Frio, they rely too much on five. Walters, Bradley Hill and David Mundy. They're always the guys they rely on. And when those guys are winning, they're the top four all the time. Brad Hill gets 75% of his ball from five. That's what so I was about to say, So you take five yeah. out the game, and this is where Yo was. He didn't tag, but he did a run with, and they're in the same mould, and it just showed you that uh, Fifey was getting frustrated. No one else was there helping him out, and Yoey, in the end, in the end of each quarters, he was dominant. If you watch the game again, and especially in the last quarter, um, the game's already won, but he's just... Always on top in the last 10 minutes of each quarter. And that's the same in the last few games. Well, Yo tackled. I think he had one more disposal five. But Yo kicked a goal, tackled more. He had yeah. just a better presence. But I would say that they rely just on Walters and Fife. Money's getting too old. And as you said, if Fife's locked down, Brad Hill doesn't get the ball because he's the outside runner. Yep, so they don't rely on him yep. because if Fife's rubbed out, which they rely, they basically rely on Fife to bring Brad Hill into the game, which is, Darcy, just doesn't work. Darcy Tucker had 29 disposals, but... Um, it didn't look like it, though, did it? Did, it didn't have any impact on the game. N- not the at all, like... Um, too many passengers, too many times for Fremantle, and they're going to go forward. They need, you know, like McCarthy. Uh, uh, McCarthy's taken Hogan's spot. McCarthy's a better. I think if I was a coach, and this is a, why there is an odd coach Fremantle, I'd be playing him up the field a lot. So he's running towards goal instead of away from it. Um, he got beaten by Barras. He got intercepted by Gov many a times. Um, and I know they're going, oh, Hogan was out. But Hogan's done sweet FA since he's been at Freo. Josh Kennedy was out. Yeah. You can't compare Josh Kennedy and Hogan. Like, well, I know, but I'm just talking about the Freo. I, the I, I know that was directed at yeah. the Freo. It's like, yeah, we're starting to get our best field in there, but that wasn't our best 22 either. No. Like, very close to it. Well, look, um, I don't think you'll see another game as good as that in the wet for a while because that Definitely was, not was one out of the box. And um, I'll probably watch it again tonight when I've got nothing else to do. <laughs> Just to, I don't know why because I don't mind looking at games like that. Um, yeah, look, Freeman, I've got a lot of soul searching to do. You know, they've got what they got. They got Melbourne. The Eagles got Melbourne coming up. The, no, uh, the Tom McDonald. Yeah, he's out. Um, 
But the Dockers have got Hawthorne in Tasmania and they haven't got a good hunt, uh, record down there. So if they're going to bounce back, they're going to have to pull someone out of the box this week. So otherwise, I think you might hear few of the more lying people coming out saying, asking for his head. That's it. Um, it's like the old cliche, one week at a time. I find as a supporter, I'm a, I live by that mantra a bit myself where I don't like looking two weeks ahead. It's so unpredictable, footy. It is yep. so unpredictable. I'm just looking at Collingwood, and even that game worries me. Like, I'm saying I'm confident about how good we are because I know how good we can play. We're getting close to 22. Collingwood game doesn't worry me. The Melbourne one does up in Alice Springs. But see, what have they won? Four games for the year? That, that's what I'm saying. Footy's that, a funny that, game. That, that worries me. Um, quickly, let's talk about the waffle um, before we wrap it up. Um, West Coast, they won the third in the row against Peel. I'm trying to find the scores now. Um, we won by what? How many points was it? 41 uh, or something. It was a good win. It was uh, 10 goals, 16, 76 to 3 goals, 10, 28. And it's interesting that the guys that are hitting the scoreboard are the top-up players like Nick Reed and Brady Gray. So that's good to see. Yep. And... Um, Drew Petrie back in his third game. Look, it was a pretty even with possessions and stuff like that. Um, they, you know, Josh Smith, he got 30 possessions. Ainsworth, 24. Matthew Allen, 24. Hamish Brayshaw, I want to see him get a game before the end of the year. I'd love to see him in next week against his brother. He got 24. And, yeah, Nicholas Reed, he's one of the top-up players, and he kicked four goals, three. He's kicking a lot of goals, our North Beach and, product, um, I think. You know, he could benefit from being in the Seagulls side. He could get signed up by us as a rookie or from yeah, an very much so. Just off the top of your head, here's a question from left field for you. Um, who's your favourite Eagles player right now? Just oh, one. I hate doing this. I know, that's why I'm saying just one. I don't want a list of players. Just pick one player. Uh, Shannon Hearn. Shannon Hearn. my favourite. Good choice, good choice. Well, who's yours? Sheed nowadays. I don't know why. I love, I love the way the goat goes out. He's mm. footy. I love... Um, it's a bit of the underdog story. He wasn't in the side last year, and then as soon as he got his opportunity again, he's just run with it. Been a bit down the last couple of weeks, but he's had 20 disposals two weeks in a row. Yep. And it's amazing you got a player, you say that's down when he's got 28 disposals. That's more than Bont had on the weekend, and they lord oh, how great his game bond. is. Yeah, yeah. blow it up, blow it out of his ass. Um, look, I go for Hearn. I like leaders. I like yep. people that, you know, lead from the front. Um, it's weird because as a player, I'm a flary player, extrovert, um, everything probably different to what I like in watching a player. And Shannon Hearn just has it all. He just he just does his job every week. Um, the only thing I'd love to see Shannon Hearn do is when he's 55, 60 out, have a fucking big roost yeah. and go for a big goal because I reckon it'd bring the crowd... I think yeah, the people stand up when Nick Natanui does something. Yeah. Two one from 60, I tell you. <laughs> it's funny. He used to do it now and again, but he doesn't do it anymore. And he's, I a, wonder, he's a captain. I was about to say, I wonder if it's since he's got his captaincy, he doesn't look like a selfish player. He wants to be a team player. <laughs> so he, he, he likes to do, you know, pass it on and do the team thing. If there's anyone connected to the Eagles listening to this podcast, yeah. please tell him to boost boot one from 60-odd just to get the crowd going. I always wonder who's got the better kick, Jeddah or Hearn. And then lately you'll see if they're both there, Hearn will give the ball to Jeddah. So I think Jeddah's more damaged by foot. But I think if you go on distance, I think Hearn would still have him. distance, it's uh, bunger. But if you you want to see sublime kicking, Lewis Jeddah's none better. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll get into bounce sound and let's talk about the upcoming game on Friday night against the uh, Collie Wobble Magpies. It's bounce down. All 
right. The Eagles play Magpies fifth time in a matter of 12 months. And I think we've played them three times in the last, since the grand final, and we haven't even played Richmond yet. Uh, <laughs> Carlton as well. So Carlton, we haven't played yep. them yep. at all. So we are, it's so the grand final rematch again. Um, the last six times we've met, well, earlier this year, in round three, we won by 22 points at the G. Last year, we won the grand final, obviously, five points. Um, the qualifying final uh, at Optus was 16 points, so it wasn't that big a margin. But earlier on in the year, we won the MCG match by 35. And the two before that were both to the Magpies in 2017 by eight points and 19 points in 2016. So we've got the Woodham in the last uh, few games. We definitely have. and um, When it counts. The, this is a game... It worries me, but we should we should win this game. You don't see many. They're, they're not playing great footy where we're playing our best, and it's always dangerous to make such strong predictions, yeah, predictions yeah. like that. But realistically, we should. This is a game where we stamp ourselves, say, bottom yeah. top two is ours, sorry. Um, and as you said, a lot of these teams don't have an easy run home. I think Geelong, even though their form's real down, almost to Collingwood levels almost, they've got an easy run home. So they've they've got with their big percentage they've got number one um, pretty much locked in. But number two, if we beat them and they all play each other and they don't have easy runs home, this game can really shape this whole season. You said locked in, but I would never have tipped the Bulldogs to beat Geelong, and yeah. Bulldogs did. So I don't think they're locked in. Who they play the week? Like they've got out of jail twice a couple of times. Yeah, they lost to Port Adelaide. Yep. Who they play? Like they played Saints. It wasn't a. Yeah, strong they, team, they, and they they won it in the like last quarter and, because they're a better side and fitter side. And people work, but they, they were pushed. Yeah, they were pushed very hard. Look, Collingwood, they've won ten, so they're only one game behind us. So if they did win this and we lost, it's we're back to we're back in the pack. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But they've won ten. They've beaten the Bulldogs twice. They've beaten Melbourne Saints, Swans, Blues, Essendon. Port, Lion and Tigers is now when you look at their wins to what Eagles have won, it's, it looks a little bit different and they've lost to the Eagles Hawks, Ruse, Frio and the Cats Yeah. now um, that might just say something on the whole that some of the games they should have won they've lost um, and vice versa but uh, ever since Stevenson went down uh, out on his suspension um they have looked a little bit different. I don't think it's had an effect. People will sit there in the media and say, oh, it's had an effect on the team. That's a pile of crap because it's like an injury, right? Yeah. But their midfield, which is touted as one of the best by people like Matthew Lloyd and stuff like that, well, they're not getting the ball enough into the side 50. So at the moment, they haven't got the best midfield. But when they're on song, they can be. On paper, they said that, but their midfield's mm. not damaging at all. I know it's a big statement to make, um, but they're not. They're not performing. I saw a stat. That they're all down this year. Trelaw's down, side bottom's down, yeah. Pendlebury. All, all their outputs are down from last year. Um, and that's, I think Adams was the only one that's gone up, but he's injured and not playing, and he's only played a couple of days, so not a large enough pool to really prove that stat. Um, so, yeah, I just think on paper, yeah, they're great. Beams has been horrible this year. He's not playing as well. Mental illness hopefully takes care of himself, obviously, but our midfield is. Our plan B is contested footy, which we never had. So we got our possession game, but then contested footy. Um, we're tackling a lot now. 
and that was something we never did. We used to corral. We tell, so we're adding new strings to the bow Simo where did, they don't. Simo did say they're going along nicely, and you look at Collingwood, they were winning games. They were just getting across the board, and so were we. We were winning games that we just needed to win and banking them, but now the Eagles are starting to hit the second second gear, and Simo kept on getting asked, oh, we still got a bit of room for improvement, and we're going to tinker a few things. He's tinkered by putting an extra small forward in, which is something that we didn't do last year. We had the extra tall. Um, I just think we're a little bit ahead of Collingwood. Collingwood, three weeks ago, you probably would have said they're probably ahead of us. But like you said, a week's a big time in football, and you know, if Eagles, Eagles should win this. Let's face it. At home, at too. Home you know. should, but anything can happen. Let's have a look at the injury list. Aish, he's a test. Uh, Sia, Sia, concussion test. How's still out, so he won't play. Adams is still out for two weeks. Reed, he's he's gone, so he's not playing. Wales is gone for the season, basically, unless finals. Stevenson will come back in the finals if he gets in there. Langdon's out for the year. With a knee, beans, mental health. That's it's got eight to ten weeks, but who knows with mental health and then and done. Well, he's been gone for most of the season. And you look at the Eagles injury list. Unfortunately, Duggan's done a syndemosis injury. Not good. So seven weeks. So we got to work out who comes in for him. We'll just talk about that in a second. Uh, Brand is a test. Uh, Bynes. Basically, won't be playing the rest of the year. Edwards, he won't get into the Eagles side, but he's out for the rest of the year. Hutchings still got two weeks to go. Um, they said it wasn't too bad two weeks ago, but now it's another it two weeks to yeah, go. Mending slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pepicelli, he's a test. Uh, and Vardy's a couple more weeks away as well. So here comes the transparency again. A couple of weeks yeah. ago, it was only a week. And Venables, well, must have been a pretty big hit because he's still out. Yeah, I... I'm glad they're taking the cautious approach with that. It's very worrying because it was a bad knockout. But it's one of those things where you just want him back playing at waffle level at least, you know, mm. to give him that chance. Um, and JK would be back from the flu. But suddenly we got an injury list. We didn't have one a couple of weeks ago. It was all, you know, yeah. looking great. Um, still good as in like we still got almost our best 22 out there. Um, JK comes back in. And Duggan's out with an injury. Is that the only change or would you be... Changing someone else. I. W- you don't Archie, mess with you don't mess with a winning formula. So Archie did his job. Yep. Does he come come out and maybe what? bring a backman in Cole because it's Duggan out? Yeah, is, oh, or Watson a, is, is it Cole or is it a Skyfield or I wouldn't go at all because they've got Cox down there. As you said, Reed's injured. They don't have lots of tall uh, back uh, forwards, Collingwood. Uh, Barash usually gets a job and dominates Cox, and he's another one that's just in terrible form. Um, so I'll go more small, then I would go tools. I think Gov and Barass can take Cox, or if they want to try to throw a Grundy down there to rest him, well, I don't know what no, they won't. Uh, see, the way I see it is Kennedy will come in and either put Oscar back. Who would he play on? Oh, I don't know. He, just, he goes back and frees up, say. Shep to rebound or Nelson to rebound off. Because mm. that's the thing. I'm trying to think of their tools right now. They like to play Reed forward and Cox forward. Reed's out. I'm thinking... Schofield was the emergency, so he probably wouldn't come in. So if it was anyone, to for a like for like, you'd bring Cole in. That's it. I'm thinking a smaller defender yeah. than a taller one. 
Right, let's have a look at some players at the Magpies. Look, you got Grundy. We've always talked about <laughs> how good he can be in, in a game and how he influences. Um, there's no there's no getting around it. He's one of the best ruckmen going around. But it's going to be interesting to see him up against Nick Nat. Uh, it's just going to be an ex- that's going to be exciting to see. Um, you got side bottom. Usually we have Hutch in there um, taking care of him. So he might get off the leash a bit more this week. I don't know. Um, but he hasn't been playing great footy. Yeah, uh, he hasn't. Pendlebury, uh, time stops still when he gets the ball. I don't care what game he's in. It just seems every time he gets a ball, that guy uh, has got so much time with the ball. It's unbelievable. Uh, he's in one of my top five players. Um, you got Trelaw. You know, he gets a lot of the ball, but I don't think he's as damaging what everyone Oh, no, no. Trelaw's a ball magnet, good player, but his yeah. disposal efficiency is yeah. terrible. Uh, Dugowie, uh you got Crisp, you got Darcy Moore who didn't play last year in grand final, uh, Hoskin Elliott, um, you got Little Elliott, nah, he's a gun when he's on fire, you know, on yep. fire. Um, and my check, well, he'll probably play on McGovern, try and take him out of yep. the game. And Roughhead, he, he's going to have his hands full with either Darling or Kennedy, so that's going to be different. And seeing Howell's out, that, that's pretty good for the Eagles, I think. And Cox, like you said, um, not really playing the greatest football. No, he's having a horrid year. And I find, to be honest, the only one that I think's improved this year is Grundy. But the last couple of weeks, he's tapering off a bit because he's just got such a large ruck load, you know? And that's where I think he can be exposed because you get these star players, but you can expose them like Yo did with Fife. You know, he made him have to defend Yo, you know what I mean? So Yo didn't do a complete shutdown job. He made him accountable, though. So we used Fife almost against him. You can do the same with Grundy. He might be tired at the end of the year, hasn't really been rested much, mm. having to ruck 80% of games pretty much all year. Then suddenly you've got Hickey and you've got Nick Nat on him. Just keep running him around. I, I, f- I think another way to beat Collingwood is to deny them the corridor. They love the corridor. And when you take them wide, that they, they hate that. Um, and Eagles love playing wide. So I think if they can deny Collingwood that corridor going down Optus, I think they're going to smash them. I'll tell you what, Dave, this year, have you watched much of Collingwood this year? Yeah. They're really trying to mimic the Eagles' game style, play that possession footy, but they're yeah. just not good enough. We touched on Trelaw. Uh, Cybom's got great kicking skills, but their whole squad doesn't have great kicking skills. No. And they, they're not good at it. They do cheap shots, and then they get shut down which worked with them at the beginning of the year because it was a different game style people didn't expect from Collingwood. But now they've worked them out and they're not as good as the Eagles at playing that type of game. That's why I feel they're getting exposed. And Hawks play a similar kind of game. That's why they said it was a boring game on Thursday or whenever they played. Um, but Hawks, again, are, are better by foot than probably they are and that's why they got the yeah. cookies in the end. And they denied him. They denied him the corridor, um, and that's where I think we're going to win the game. So let's go for a winner in margin. We're both going to go for the Eagles. Oh, Eagles by twenty-seven points. Ooh, I'm going to go. I'm going to be conservative. I don't want to, but I want to be. Oh, that just didn't make sense. Nineteen points. Nineteen points. I got the closest with thirty-seven. I think last week, but I was still way off, wasn't I? I think a lot of people were way off last week. Uh, best on the ground. Who's going to win it for the Eagles? I think Gaff. They don't tag Gaff usually. He usually runs a right. I think um, I think uh, Yowie's going to have a big one this week for some reason. I think they'll go to Shuey. I think they'll try and nullify his effect because of the last six weeks. 
And first goal, well, I'm going to go with Cripper again. Crip, yeah, I think I went Crips last week. I was, I was, couldn't even remember. He could go, wait, I'm going to go Darling this week. Straight out the middle, you know, I think he might get a mark. And um, If Eagles can make a statement here tonight, I think they will. If they didn't wake up the competition last week, they'll wake them up this week. But then again, like we've said all along in the show, anything can happen in this um, in this crazy game of football because the tippers this year, it's been a tipping nightmare. Um, guys, get to the ground. The game is on Friday night, so it's across the nation for everyone to see. It's going to be a great game, 6.10 Western Standard Time at Optus Stadium. So get there. If you want to get there early, there's a lot of pre-match stuff going on. Um, make sure you listen to us on whatever podcast platform you like. We uh, There's a multitude of them, so I won't go for them all. Um, and also, if you're on Facebook, check us out on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, check out our discussion page, which is called the West Coast Eagles, the next generation, or go to Podcast Central, which is a new page on Facebook, which is a basically a group of podcasts putting the stuff on there. So if you want, if you like your podcast, get on there and give it a like. And and um, you're going to the footy this week, so it's going to yeah, be, be great. Yeah, hopefully we get a win. Like no one likes sitting there and watching your team lose live, you know. I don't know what the weather forecast is, but I hope it's a dry I've one. been watching. It says dry, but my uh, weather app's terrible. So, <laughs> uh, Well, get there, guys. Get behind the Eagles and give us a listen and a like. Um, get on Facebook, as I said, and uh, give us a rating if you like. Tell us if we're good. Tell us what we need to do to make it better. Uh, if you want to send any questions in, send them in on those pages. And until next week, go Eagles. Yeah, that's it. Go Eagles. The craft leads the charge. Now Nelson beautifully read by Shepard. 